Hi, puppies. How are you? <laughs> that was not going to happen. That was not planned. No, not that. They brew it in a towel and then squeeze it out. It's trick-or-treat time. All right. I have never thought of that. Don't oh. encourage it. I know what it is. It's a ball. You got a ball in your mouth. Is it a foul ball? It's a spitball. It tastes like, well, it's like, it's weird. Jesus Christ. I don't know if I'd describe this as amazing. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us under the library. Our homebrewed actual play Call of Cthulhu show. As a reminder, if you would like to play our Call of Cthulhu module set in our Season 1 universe with Season 1 characters and NPCs, head over to DriveThruRPG and look for The Snake's Oil. And if you like what we do here and would like to sponsor us, please do at patreon.com slash underthelibrary. That makes a big difference in the amount of content that we are able to provide to you. We are back with a full house this week, and a lot happened last week. There is some drama about to happen. My name is Arthur. I'm playing Franny. I'm joined by Emily as Joe, Rick as Bello, Wayne's Rutherford, Scott's Cully, Chris's Boone, and, of course, our keeper is that guy over there, Michael. Michael, the show is all yours. Hey, thanks for joining us under the library. We are set in the Call of Cthulhu universe, and we feature mature themes played by immature people. So if watching Friday the 13th with the George Carlin dub track is your idea of date night, you're in the right place. And with that, I'll turn it over to Emily for last week's recap. Thank you, Michael. So last week we began with Rutherford putting Richard to bed having plied him with alcohol and Valium. And he asked him the very important question, who pushed you into the car? As he rolled a 97. So I'm gonna skip the gory details and encourage you if you haven't watched last week's Thank episode you. to do so. Scott just wants a quick, quick recap, you know, the biggest, really okay. that the giallo moment where, where the eyeballs kind of popped out right before the head exploded. I think he wanted to hear that. Here's your quick recap. Richard struggles to speak and his eyes bulge as do the veins on his forehead. His eyes pop out and his head splits open. Rutherford is covered in blood and gore. Things. Viscera. Viscera. Bits. Viscera. And his eyes sting and burn. There's your short recap. Moving on. Bello, Thank Joe, you, and Emily. Franny run in to see the now headless Richard with skin flapping at his neck and a blood-covered Rutherford. Uh, Joe freaks out and crawls under the bed. Rutherford runs for the bathroom to rinse his burning eyes. Franny investigates. No sign of burns in the explosion of the head. But she does find, uh, looking for some sort of a bomber incendiary device, I guess. No, yes, she does find weird veiny structures, threads in the brain matter that seem out of place. Rutherford then rolled a hundred looking for ingredients for an eye wash and rubbed a rogue bone fragment into oh. her cornea. <laughs> I didn't know you got a 96 and then a hundred. He did. Thank you. Wow. Um, I'm but. sorry. 
I just have to read what, what I wrote. Anyway, uh, Bello convinces Joe to come out from under the bed and leads her out of the room. And she then leads Cully out onto the patio to spare him the sight. Franny checks on Rutherford and then gets some supplies, tweezers, magnifying glass, flashlight, and Bello had asked for a magnet. She got that for him as well and re-enters the room. Continuing to search, she finds strange filaments resting sort of where the spine would have come up. Three or four threads still attached, takes a filament sample. And there's a bit of a an altercation between Franny and Bello. She snaps and in anger insults his chicken. I know, I know. So out on the patio, Joe has settled Kali and then she decides to open her book. She is having this feeling of the past and present coming together and feeling like there are connections that maybe she could find that would explain what's going on and opens the book. She reads a story or a yeah, story. Some, somebody's, it's a journal. She reads, she reads that somebody says the idea is to give people something else to think about. Imagine a better world, move beyond, seek other realms. And in this moment, she moves into a daydream. As this is going on outside, Rutherford also examines the filaments, concludes it's not native to the body, takes a blood sample, has some pretty intense visions while examining the body that Bello finds fascinating. And we have yet to understand why Bello finds this fascinating. So maybe we'll, we'll find out this week. And uh, we ended last week with some details of Joe's vision. She was sitting in a studio of an artist in her hometown painting a desiccated human skull. That's all. All right. So I think what we'll do then is since we left off that porch, uh, kind of zoomed out the window there with Joe sitting next to Cully, we might need to hear from Cully and then go over and check in on Boone and then come back to the rest of y'all. How does that sound like for a plan? And then don't forget Rutherford was checking the body and rolled a one. Yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. should have said that. Oh. Hmm. hmm. So hmm. does oh does, does that mean he's performing an autopsy? No, he was looking through, he decided to go look on his body, like with him being dead, and it was never was done, like his pockets. Yeah, I know. And... I was trying to plant the idea of autopsy in your head. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would really love to see that. <laughs> I think Scott would really love it if we did that. Yeah. Well, that's, where, that's where we ended. Um, um, so, so really quick, Michael, does did Kali or maybe Joe would be, you, you, Emily, you'd answer this. Um, mm. How much does Kali know? I would like assume... You said you rushed him out, so how much does Kali... Does Kali know that Richard is dead? I mean, if if you're okay with this, I would assume that while rushing you out, Joe would have explained something, at least that much, so that you would know what, what was happening. Like, why I was rushing you out, why okay. you were hearing screams and the burst of a breaking watermelon. I forget how we described that, that sort of special uh, uh, pop. 
There was um, definitely a watermelon hitting the floor. Yeah, I just like watched Gallagher it, and it was uh, yes, Gallagher. Uh, Bello said uh, overripe plums mm. popping out for the eyes, and then mm-hmm. yes, uh, a watermelon dropped from a great height. Mm-hmm. All right, so Kali knows what happened, basically. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps Kali shares some of Scott's feelings on such things, and Joe would know this and want to spare him. Well, and you'd also you'd have known how close. Well, exactly. Was to exactly. Richard, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Anything else, Michael? Or can we go? Yeah. Or do you do, do you want to do you want to play out Cully's experience here? Yeah. Or do you yeah. Skip yeah. Over? So, and just to be clear, I'm outside now with Joe and Bello. Yeah, um, she. I don't think Bello came outside. Bello just got Joe out of the room because she was kind of stuck hiding under the bed. Bello had come back in with the magnet thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's, so he's whether trailing, he had go, he's, he's gone back out the, again. Yeah, Bello and Franny got in kind of a spat, and then Bello was uh, dragging the mat the magnet through the brain matter on the floor. And kind of not not oh, right. really respecting the, the scene as as being potentially evidence, and so he's just kind of stepping on everything. He had some sort of like pork rinds or something he was eating last week to kind of <laughs> corn nuts maybe to uh, accentuate the sound effects. Yeah, and and, and then I and then, skin? and then you had me over by Rutherford, and that was a sort of mental trigger of something. So we'll get back to that, but that's that's all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot going on. There's a lot, There's a lot going on. on. So, uh, so Joe, Joe, what, what, what happened to him? Why, what, what, what happened? I have truly no idea. It was just so horrible. And I, I don't think you should look, but I'll tell you what I know, which is just that I am sure that Richard is dead. So, and and, so you know, for what it's Kali is when you, is like, when it's catching up to him, he becomes inconsolable and he's just he falls on the ground and you know you can you can hear him sort of saying you know he was going to be my dad so Kali is just knocked out by this um he you know for for what it's worth like Kali sort of saw Richard as his chance to have a family and now with it being taken away from him, he's just completely unmoored. So, Kali. Yeah. Well, Joe will definitely stay with Kali, but uh, until you're able to calm yourself, I'm not going to try to talk you out of your tears because I think you just need to get those out. Yeah. As, yeah. So as... why don't we we can go back because I think for a while that's just going to be mm. Kali's reality. And as as Cully's sobbing, I, I don't want to kind of lose track of this thread that Joe, while you're next to him, is he's kind of inconsolable. You're there and next to him, but you you do get drawn away and back into this vision that we ended on last week, right? Like, so you're kind of you're not torn so much as you just get lost in the fabric of the uh, daydream as you're consoling Cully. And so as you realize there's not much you can do for him, you venture into the stage dream quite a bit. Oh. All right. And all right. With that, 
let's let's get back to Rutherford, and you rolled a one. Yep, I was. Uh, yeah, R Rutherford decided to look through any personal belongings that may be on him, like a wallet or his pockets, or maybe something stashed inside a shirt. I don't know if, if he was wearing a jacket or something like that, or who knows what. So anyway, that was the search and uh, rolled rolled a very swingy compared to a 97 and a 100. <laughs> One. That's crazy. Average is up to a 50. Our <laughs> keeper went, I'm going to have to think on this one. All right. And so basically you're digging around in his pockets and you don't find anything at all. And you start patting around his jacket and you feel a sliver of something. And it's it's very odd because it's, it's a, a hard rectangle within his jacket and you're trying to figure out how to access it. That obviously... Uh, Richard oh, had some way. Go ahead. Like it's sewn into the fabric. It, you're trying to figure it out. It feels like it's sewn into the fabric. Uh, and so tell me how you get to it. Uh, I guess there's some options here. So Rutherford would feel around in it. And uh, I get the sense like it would be maybe the guess adjusting the size of a bookmark or smaller. Yeah, it's probably let's see. If I can articulate this a little bit better, uh, the the rectangle is about four inches long, and uh, we'll say two and a half, three inches wide. Okay, so a card, like a big card. Okay, and it's in it's in the jacket is in the front, the side, the back, or uh, the so where you part. find it right now, it's located kind of between the breast pocket and the. Uh, there's no real pocket to put your hand in, but you know, if you imagined if there was a lower pocket on the jacket, uh, kind of right below where the buttons to the right of it. So it's in this, it's in this kind of torso spot of the jacket. Let's say that the front torso spot. Okay. R R Rutherford would keep one hand on the item and then the other hand you slip under into the jacket. So you don't lose where it is because it's very curious that it's there. So, you know, your brain is almost like, I don't want to take my hand away because if I put it back and it wasn't there, that would be really odd. So even, you know, with the what's going on and the head exploding and the visions that he had, you know, there's a sense of staying secure to the reality of the moment. That's how his brain would work. So his hand would stay fixed on the object and he would reach under the jacket on the opposite side of the fabric to get his hand in between with the fabric in between to feel the okay. other side. Yeah. And, and so as it's kind of between your hands and uh, I'll spare Scott kind of what, what else you're feeling as you're running <laughs> your fingers up and down the jacket at this point, because it's probably, let's be honest, a little bit wet. And uh, you, you put it between both hands and you start to wiggle it down through the jacket. Mm -hmm. And as you do, uh, it gets caught for a moment, mm -hmm. and you start to you start to look at the stitching, and you're, you're like, "This is really bizarre." And and you realize that the the way it's stitched is almost like there's a shelf inside the jacket, meaning uh, like the stitching goes up and then uh, makes a horizontal line, so mm -hmm. that this object could be situated. And uh, so you you slide it again over to the right. 
mm-hmm. and there's a tunnel and it plops out the bottom of the jacket oh, and okay um it's very you're not sure what this object is at the moment and you're you're looking at it and it's it is indeed it's about uh it's a a few inches wide and about four inches uh long and it has just enough thickness probably we'll call it like a quarter inch thick and um it it appears it appears to um it has a little um slide at the top of it um but with your with your role i'm gonna tell you about this slide um it, this object's hinged on the side and you're almost sure rutherford that this is a camera um and that possibly uh the way it it might possibly be made so that it can only take one exposure um by opening the slide and then closing the slide again gotcha so it in rutherford would start putting the pieces together because he's fascinated by it and there are of course during the war many spies and there were many early spy cameras like that and so he gets i guess he would get a sense of this this is a some sort of unit and then it looks he would look at it more carefully to see where some sort of a film would be put in because you know it would be if it would be some sort of a film that you have to doctor to get in there or something like that um, but I guess sure. so, so it does have hinges on one edge and then uh, on the other end, uh, l- like a small clasp and the clasp is um, just it's almost like a hasp so that um, okay. if, you, if you think like the edge of like uh, uh, modern kind of terms, if you think of like those Tupperware containers, the big ones mm-hmm. and they have the hinges oh, the, that yeah. slide over the, the lid that yep. flip over the lid it's same thing but it's a metallic little hasp that slides that flips over the back and kind of just pinches it together okay uh rutherford has a fantastic mechanical repairability and his his intelligence is good so i was going to say if there was anything there like he's got a 70 in his mechanical repair yeah so then that, that that's pretty apparent to you that that's what this is as a camera and uh you realize that all you would have to do to access the film is to probably flip that hasp on the edge okay Don't and obviously do it. he doesn't want to flip it open because that would uh, expose you know any film inside so um from the past with his friend richard has richard ever done anything with dark rooms and stuff and would he have a dark room in th- this house so you know that richard was well into architectural photography right he was always kind of photographing buildings when you were out and about and that was a hobby of his that went kind of hand in hand with his architectural studies right that he would photograph and then also kind of sketch out his new designs uh, so indeed uh Kali, you you would know this because uh, you sleep next to it uh that down in the basement um he had a he had a small dark room for uh, developing film Okay, and Rutherford gets extremely excited and almost agitated at this point because he has a eureka moment. And he, he I don't think Cully's in the room because it's too gruesome. For Cully's out. Yeah, no. Right, he realizes. And he your has, eye is all swollen shut, might I just remind you. Okay. So Cully, Cully's outside. Cully may have to. So 
R- Rutherford, in spite of his eye, even he he just kind of loses himself and gets so excited. Um, he has and the pieces. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, and suddenly you just have a few more pieces. And he realizes perhaps R- Richard had this camera on him in some way where it could evenly auto could even automatically take a picture. Um, you know, inside a jacket that perhaps even had a little hole in it, like a spy camera. And he suddenly has the sense that maybe it went off on the night he was abducted. And so he has this moment of, he needs to look at, get to these pictures inside, but also a eureka moment. The dark room, the fact that he had something hidden in a wallboard, um, the baseboard that we found um, earlier, yeah. that he may have done something uh, congruous to that in the, the, the wants cu- who actually found that in the, in the wallboard? It was Cully, I believe, right? Uh, it was Franny or Bello. Uh, the, I think the it floorboard. Was me. I think it's Franny. It was me. It was oh, Cully. It was Cully. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he, Rutherford wants to find Cully as quickly as possible and get to that dark room because he has a sense there may be images that Richard has hidden away that are incredibly important and may shed light on some of the, the mystery going on around here and even perhaps why he was abducted. Much like the paintings had secret aspects to him, he's starting to put all these pieces that Richard built his house with many secrets, some of them obviously in front of you, but hidden and perhaps someone, some of them further hidden. So uh, Rutherford, what, what'd you find there? You seem uh, a bit excited. And I, said, and I said, uh, Bello, it, it, could, could you help me? Uh, I, I, my eyes, I, I can't see very good, and and uh, a bit, a bit uh, thrown by by what has happened. Could could you lead me to where, where our friend Kakali is? Uh, I have a an errand for him to help me with. Oh, be my pleasure, sir. This looks like you got yourself a little bit of a fancy doodad there as I pick you up by your shoulder and start shift, shuffling you out of the room. And, and Rutherford would take it and he says, it, it is fascinating. And he puts it um, wherever would be the most secure thing uh, that he's wearing. I don't think Rutherford would be wearing a jacket. He's more of a uh, flannel shirt type guy. Um, but he would put it in a pocket very, you know, and keep his hand in the pocket. You know, so he had his hand on it. Doesn't go away. Rutherford, can you make a uh, uh, not a Constitution roll, uh, a pal roll for me? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, that is a success, straight success. Okay, so as Bello reaches for the camera, right? Is that what you said? You you held it out for him. I just held it up for a second, you know, to show him. Well, he 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 was seeing it because I was holding it. Obviously, when I pulled it out off off of Richard, I hadn't stowed it away, and I wasn't hiding it or anything. Right. Yeah. So as you're as you're holding it up, um, Bello reaches out. Uh, Bello doesn't. Uh, Bello, just so you know, you're not actually reaching out. But Rutherford, uh, in your eyes, Bello reaches out and he appears to grab the camera. My but, uh, <laughs> No, he but. All of a sudden, he has a large, and by large, like a like a thirty-two ounce kind of glass uh, that's flared at the top, and it's filled with ice cream and root beer and a big straw coming out of it. 
and he he brings it over to his face and uh you wouldn't know this but he um uh, looks kind of like a a kind uh southerly woman that joe might have seen but um you wouldn't recognize her because i don't think you saw her that night no that's not what uh she looks like at all thank you might be what (laughs) bello looks like and uh he brings the sunday to his mouth and his hair is kind of moving out in these curls and um he starts drinking the sunday and then uh it all disappears and Bellow's standing there, and you're still holding the camera. And uh, Rutherford would say, you know, as he sees that, it, I, 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 I Bellow, this is no time for a, a snack. And then as it disappears, he goes, and then he goes, uh, uh, excuse, excuse me. And he goes, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I just, just saw. Rutherford, are you? I let me just clarify because I've been called many things in my time, but uh, I've never been called a snack before, my lord. Uh, mostly that <laughs> refers to my food and products, and I, I'm fresh out, tapped out. I don't know where the uh, labaka is. I'm sure it's just fine, uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm plumb out of it. eggs and chicken goods. So uh, what, uh, what, what you talking about there, sir? And he said. Uh, I was curious. Were you just partaking of a, 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 a beverage? And Rutherford seems confused and looks off for a second, and then back towards Bellow, you know, and shakes his head because his eyes a mess. So he kind of has to cock his head and looks over, and he says, "I, I maybe my, my my hurt eye is playing tricks on me, but I, I, I you, you were you were drinking some sort of a des- d- dessert." the beverage just now i don't i don't think so sir we are we are while this may look like a fruit salad it is uh it is far from it it is uh quite the opposite of anything appetizing uh and uh no i I am quite parched i could go for myself a good a cream to be honest with you but uh, otherwise no (laughs) no sir uh, i i i apologize mr bella it's the the shock of the last of the last half hour of what's happened to Richard and and, and my eye, I I must be in, in a bit of a bit of shock or something. I, perhaps I should s- settle down and and have s- something cool to drink. Yes, I think that sounds quite appropriate. I think we should uh, get you down to one of the uh, the uh, uh, lounge chairs and. Uh, Maybe talk yourself to that young color and uh, maybe answer any of your questions. You seem a little flustered. Uh, yeah, make I, make I, yourself I, I, a valiant I, martini like you made old Richard. That's what I was right. going to say. Yeah. Well, actually, that's Rutherford would never do that. He doesn't like to have an altered mind at any point. It, it doesn't make sense to him to do that. And, and this, so, is, <laughs> this would be a very odd thing to see things that are incongruous with reality. It doesn't make sense to him. Then probably you need to make a sand roll on that. Yeah, I'll give you that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to bring up your character's vulnerabilities, I'll be happy oh to explain. Uh, I. Uh oh. Because I lost some points last week, I missed it with my, you know, my very high roll. Oh, so did you? I didn't get it. <laughs> uh, when you say very high roll, not that high. Eighty-seven. Oh, okay. All right, just just check in there. All right, we'll put you down two more points then. They're dropping. 
<laughs> yeah, they do that. Sometimes as a keeper, I like to imagine myself with like a stick and a knife and I'm just kind of whittling away. He's still he's got he's got a ridiculously good at, at the end. Me, there's but... gonna be a real nice sculpture. It's not as ridiculously as good as it used to be. <laughs> Brandy's never was good. Uh, so, Keeper, I, I, you did mention there was something physically uh, triggering for Bello. I just wanted to see if you wanted to expound on that while I was uh, escorting our, our compatriot here down uh, down over the, uh, the lounge. There was something physically triggering for Bello. You want a reminder? Yes, please. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. It was... When Rutherford, while examining Richard's body, had a vision where he sensed himself as sort of a body underground that was already decomposing. Yes, yes. And something that he did, something that he did visually triggered Bellow, but I don't know. I think, didn't Rutherford um, explain it a little bit? Oh, maybe he, maybe he explained it. I didn't write that part down. Yeah, Rutherford just had that thing where he clicked into it and I I had a sense of this being a buried thing and and, and then Mike, our keeper, did explain that Rutherford had a a very distinctive, quirky look about him as that happened. Not Rutherford. Oh, Bella, okay, yes. Now I do remember what this is and this is probably not for general knowledge. So let me see how we can get it old Bello here. That's fine. We can Do you want us to take headphones off? Do you want to have a conversation oh, I, just with Bella and we can headphones no, off? No, we we don't need to go that far. I'll okay. just I'll do the wink nudge nudge at Bello. Uh the there might have been a certain event in your past that happened and that might have contributed heavily to your current entrepreneurial success. See, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm following and, what you're putting down there. Yeah, and as Rutherford is <laughs> describing this this experience uh it resonates very closely with what happened to you on that night oh yes okay well that's fair that's a fair thing we can just move right on from that as uh, <laughs> uh, rutherford you would see me having a bit of a of a tick as my 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 eyebrows just start sort of start to do a little bit of a wave uh as i as i as i make my way down the stairs and uh, I, 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 Mr. B- 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 Bella, with my one eye looking at you, I said, "Yeah, Mad Eye Moody." I'm, over I'm, here. I'm picturing the two of you coming down the stairs, <laughs> one all swollen, <laughs> stuttering, and the other one actually <laughs> like proper waving eyebrows. I can't wait to see the two of you try and console Cully. <laughs> and the footprints of blood that they're just leaving behind yeah. as they come through the hall. Yep. <laughs> All right, keeper. We're <laughs> okay. Um, and then I let's see. I, I tell you what, Boone. We're gonna we're gonna um, start on your little trek. Um, possibly oh, when, whenever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking like right. What, Franny? Do you have anything that you want to do? Uh, no, I'm I'm still investigating um, those filaments, and you know my big concern is getting enough sample material in uh, a, a, as proper a container as possible that's as, as airtight as possible. Uh, so Franny's very much like in 
lab mode, um, like really trying to control variables and, and uh, you know, get good samples to be able to take back to the lab and properly study. Uh, so she's going to be pretty hyper-focused on that. Um, okay, so with that then, um, the one thing that you notice, you got that sample to a glass jar, mm-hmm. and um, as you as you did, you, you got it in there, and uh, I don't know, probably enough time has started to pass. You took a pretty clean sample, um, if you if you remember, um, you noticed that the sample in your jar is shriveling mm. and seeming mm. to get tinier and tinier. And how does that compare to the, to the samples that are still in the head? Yeah. So if you go back, those uh, seem to still be about the same size that they were. Okay. So um, she is then going to actually try to cube out okay. um, part of the, the flesh so that, so that that, um, those filaments can stay housed in the material that they're in now. There's a term for that, isn't there, Rick? When you I, take I think a... it's melon baller. I think that's the medical term. Explain this again. When so, you take a chunk of the brain as a sample? I, I mean, there's a brain biopsy. A lobotomy would be you're kind of going in there, you're taking a bit, you spin it around. I mean, I mean, some combination. No, see, what, if you I take a section. What I'm, yeah, what yeah, I'm trying I, to do is like a core sample, um, because uh, my my hypothesis cool biopsy. is yeah, that the cool is yeah. that this filament is um, being somehow preserved by the the organic material that's around it. So I want to keep it contained in that organic material while I get it to and, the lab. Uh, how about this? An end block resection. Right, there excellent. we go. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because biopsy makes I, it sound like I Richard's think, still alive. I think he made that up. No, no, it's a real thing. You're taking it as a block <laughs> of tissue kidding. to preserve the anatomy and the and the and the, and the structure there, which is yeah. exactly what you're describing. I could go and I could. I could, I could, I could wax poetic against some sort of loquacious uh, monologue here, but I think we should move on. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's um, let's have a little break here. We'll come back and we'll uh, check in with Joe and Cully, and then move into uh, where Boone's headed. Perfect. Everybody, take five, and we will see you in a few. All right, we're back from break. Michael, go ahead. All right, and we'll cut over to Joe and Cully. Cully's still crying. Yeah, so I'm I'm coming back, so it's obvious it's probably been a little while. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna set up and I'm gonna say I'm I'm sorry, Joe. I, I I couldn't I couldn't help it. I'm gonna try my hardest not to do that again. No, it's natural. I mean, no, don't apologize for. Boys don't cry. Oh, Collie! Everybody don't. cries. Not in the straits, they don't. Well, you're not uh, in the straits right now. Well, I'm gonna go back now. He was going to be my, he told me he was going to help me get to college. He was going to help me build a life. He was help. He was going to help me to learn how to, to go to college and do all these things that I, I, people from the Straits don't do any of that stuff. I don't know. I, I used to run with a gang. I don't know if you know that, but I used to run with a gang. They were, they're still out there not doing very good stuff. And I got away from them because of Richard. I got away from them because he helped me to see that the Joe and my friends, these guys that I was with, that I shouldn't be with them anymore. What happens now? Do I go back? You don't. Do I go? Do I, go, do I start drinking like my that. family? What do I do? 
if those are your only options, you make a new path. You could stay know, here. You could go. I mean, look at me. Blew up. I am not advising that you take my path because, you know, it's been pretty rough, but I've been without anyone for a long time. And at least now I feel like I have a life. It's possible. Maybe you can stay here. Oh, there. I can't stay in this house. I live in this. I had a pallet in the basement. I slept on It's. I, I mean, no, one's I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't want to, I feel like bad shot even thinking about myself. It's Richard's barely gone. And I, I don't even know what to do. I'm going to miss him. You're going to miss him. You are. I'm going to miss him. Joe, at least I got you. I want to share call something it, he's got, I'm you. putting my arm around you and I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of slumping my head down and I'm just like, all right, at least I've got you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put my arm around you and kind of support you. And with my other arm, I'm going to grab my book because Kali, I want you to look at this passage that I was reading earlier, because remember Joe was uh, before this conversation, she kept being pulled back into the vision and just couldn't get that, that, uh, the mental process that took her into that place. She couldn't get that out of her head. I can't use my words, <laughs> but I was just reading this passage that was very, it was strange and it was eerie, but in a way it also just included so much hope. And the writer, and I don't know if it was Hans or, or if it was someone else, but they were just talking about imagining a better world and moving beyond. And that could be your current circumstances or I, I don't know what exactly it means, but take a look at this and maybe it will help. Okay, I'll take a look at the book. The same, I, I pointed out the same passage that I was reading earlier that put me into okay. the vision state. All right, and then I, I won't reread it for you. Are you holding the book, Kali? Yeah, I'll take it and put it on my lap. Okay, uh, make a uh, make a pal roll as you're holding the book. I got a, a, a 22. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that's probably good yeah, enough, right? I'm good. Okay. Uh, and so you're reading it, and um, you're you're quite moved by it. In this idea, I mean, really, the idea that uh, Joe, what resonates with Joe, and kind of the similarities in your backgrounds and your experience, this word resonates with you as well. It doesn't come with kind of any visions or anything, but um, definitely it uh, don't want to go so far to say that it consoles you, brings you a little bit of kind of calm and peace in the moment. Yeah, that's great. And I'll, and after I read it, I'll say, Joe, that was, thank you. Uh, you know, this is like what Richard would tell me. It's that it's up to me to to find my own path and it's it just because i come from something doesn't mean that's where i'm destined to go well and in that case richard gives very good advice yeah because you and that advice in, isn't gone right just because he's gone it is not if nothing else come and work with me at belinda's store 
there's always more than I can get done. And then you'd have money and she's really a pain, but. She sounds like a monster. She's no street gang though. At least she pays me and she gives me a place to sleep. And yeah, you, all I'm saying it. is you I have options. It. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Let's, uh, I, I'm feeling better. I want to, I don't want to, I'm not going to go in and see Richard. Promise me I don't have to do that. No. But maybe we can go in and we can find everyone and at least find out if they know why this happened. And if the army did this to him, I'm going to get even. Yeah, we, it's, I mean, I'll do whatever I can to help you. If it's, it's, if they did this to him, it's before I have to say goodbye to him, I'm going to make sure he has justice. We'll figure yeah. it out. Okay, and, and so, so we're, we're probably stand up and start walking inside. Oh, you're going to go see Richard? No. No, just in the house. He was in the, yeah, he's in the bedroom. <laughs> There's a whole other house, right? Okay, and so um, he, here's the problem. Uh, give me a sand roll. Who? Uh, that would be for Cully. You'll see why in just a second. Okay. Mm, I got it. Oh, you made it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, then uh, you just kind of instinctively, Joe, take a left away from the bedroom and Cully follows you. You miss the bloody footprints that are in the other part of the house that Bello and Rutherford have tracked through the house. Uh, you also miss the comings of goings of Franny with the uh, bits of brain in the jar as well. Uh, so we'll say that you just, your timing just happens to be right that you miss all of these potential interactions of what's happened. Wasn't the kitchen already bloody from the Bello Poulet incident? Yes. <laughs> right. But that's not going to trigger, that's not going right. to trigger Cully, right? Like Bellows, Bellows operations, not going to upset Cully because Cully's seen blood, Cully's seen violence. Yeah. It's, it's only going to be things that. Uh, and he's smart, right? So, like footprints from the bedroom would trigger color pile on the table. Yep, right. Absolutely. I'm just thinking the house is looking really bad right now. Yeah, yeah. No I, honestly, if he's that, if it, if his emotional status is so elevated, right? I guess my my thought would be maybe he's easily triggerable, um, you know, from like an emotional vulnerability. Perspective. Oh, that's that's a good point. But I think I think Cully also. I mean, I, I don't want to underestimate the built-in mechanism. So if he passes that role, then then we're going to say that for now he's good. Yeah, I um, mean, for what it's I, it's a good point. Uh, but I, I think Cully comes from you know we talked before he comes from a trauma background. So he, it's not that he's not used to having awful things happen. It's that he thought he was getting away from those. So, you know, he's got, he's got tools to fall back on. Yeah. Um, which will be interesting to see how that affects his character moving forward. Yeah. But, okay, let's go across. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to time shift a little bit here. See, I didn't use the word. We're going to time shift a little bit. We're going to head over to Boone. Boone, I, I kind of have this Kaiser Soze vision of you like walking away from the Bellomobile exploding in the background in a ball of flames and you're walking down the street and yeah, I don't remember if uh, has anyone even noticed that the Bellomobile is missing yet? 
No, was, nobody at the house would have. There, there's no reason yeah. for them to notice. Distracted. They, they yeah. probably yeah. honestly wouldn't even notice that you were gone. You, you had a conversation. I thought we had a conversation about it because you said, I'm not letting you go. Maybe I was too out of it. I, I don't really recall if that was just in game or off game, but maybe. Yeah, know. definitely, Bello, you would not have any recollect. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that'll be nice. You'll walk outside of the house in a few minutes and that'll be missing. So, yeah, then I had to uh, hitchhike down to Santa Fe. Who did uh, you hitchhike with? Who'd you catch a ride with? Well, I'm dressed really nice now. Yeah, so, no, no, no. I'm not worried about that. I'm just curious. Who'd you catch a ride with? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, oh, let's say it was a uh, uh, a salesman. Okay. Who's uh, heading down to the uh, Santa Fe hospital to sell some uh, medical equipment. Okay. And does he have a name or is that my job? Uh, we can call him uh, uh, Fred. Fred, Fred Durskin. Yep, that's him. Wow. All right. What what kind of medical equipment? What brand of medical equipment? Oh, you know the brand. All right. Why, why you should know. We are the most popular and most reputable uh, Bosco? brand equipment. Bosco Medical Equipment. That's right. I'm Fred Durskin. And uh, the Bosco Medical name is the premier name in medical equipment. You, sir, you should know. You look like a fine, upstanding individual right here in the passenger seat of my car. And you should know that if you check into a hospital, you should check to see if they're selling, they're using Basco brand equipment, because if they're not, I guarantee you, you don't want to be there. Well, that sounds like a fine, you'll have to excuse me. I, I got punched in the throat recently. That's why uh, my voice sounds a little like a hobo's. Uh, <laughs> a fucking <laughs> cart in a day, whiskey drinking hobo. I don't know why I came up with that metaphor. Just randomly you had us off for a moment. My... I think we were all sitting here like, did he get punched in the throat? And we forgot <laughs> that was good. That was solid. Oh, well, uh, you know, there's a fine hospital in Santa Fe, one which I sell the Basco brand name medical equipment to. And I, they have some fine doctors there who I bet they could fix your throat right up. They'll have you singing like singing in the rain. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll do that because uh, I have lots of uh, money in order to have those services uh, done to me. Well, let me just tell you, sir, uh, while we're on the ride here to Santa Fe, I could interest you in some, well, let's say hospital grade personal medical equipment uh, that would, uh, with a man of your means, could uh, find a way to ease some of the pains in his life. Tell me what bothers you so much, you know, aches in the back, maybe little misalignment of the jaw. You ever get eye strain? I don't know. Maybe even the old hemorrhoids. I mean, they get the best of us. Oh, uh, sweet Jesus. Uh, all of the above. Oh, oh. Oh, holy. Oh, sorry. I, I think I just hallucinated a little bit. That ever happened yet? Hallucinations? Oh, no. I'm yeah. straight as an arrow. We are headed oh. down the highway. Don't worry. You're safe in this ride. Don't okay. you worry. And so um, you have a pretty, you know, uh, it's most of this ride is you kind of staving off Fred's approaches at um, trying to sell me black market goods. Or correct or drugs yeah. or yeah. whatever yeah. which i assume you don't want right no. you're not are you i don't okay. have that kind of money no okay all right so um 
upon arriving in Santa Fe, that's where you're hitching to, correct? Yep. Then I've got to hop the Santa Fe train between Santa Fe and Albuquerque. And then between those uh, two stops, it's just uh, vast emptiness and uh, farms. There's like no actual communities, but you've got the two big cities pretty close together. Yeah. So, so we'll I know where was... to hop off where my, uh, yeah. my mother's farm is. Okay. So we'll say it was a couple hour ride down to Santa Fe and um, you know, you arrive in Santa Fe and he says, ah, I, I, I realize now friend, I, I never caught your name. What's your name? Uh, my name is uh, Boone. Oh, and uh, M- Mr. Boone, uh, what kind of trade are you in? I'll be sure and look you up the next time I'm this way. Oh, I uh, work for the government. Government. Yep. There's Whoa, a, I, oh, that's right. There's a lab. That makes sense. Yeah, there's Absolutely a lab in uh, Los Alamos. And uh, I am a uh, director of science there. Ooh, do you ever have need of medical equipment? Boy, I could really use a government contract. You know, those government contracts, they sure pay well. Oh, well, yeah, just uh, stop in sometime and tell him Boone sent you. I sure will. Oh, Mr. Boone, I really, really appreciate it. That's wonderful. And I hope your car gets fixed real soon, okay, and you get back to Los Alamos. If you ever need a ride, you just head over to the Santa Fe Hospital and you ask for me, Fred Durskin. That's right. Fred Durskin's the name, and I'm the man who can hook you up. Well, thank you, Mr. Durskin. Uh, You've been a great traveling companion. Okay. And he drops you off kind of, you know, pretty much in downtown Santa Fe, uh, you know, right in the middle. It's not too late at night still. I mean, it was a couple hour drive, but um, there's a lot going on back at the house that you missed out on. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll call it somewhere around nine o'clock in the evening. Okay. And I'm hopping a, uh, a freight train, obviously not a passenger train. Yeah. Make a luck roll. See, let's see if you make one tonight. If you get the old freight eight, God damn. Yeah. You just, you, you know, your way, right. And, uh, you make your way. It's a, another couple of miles, but for you, that's nothing. And, uh, when you get there, I mean, it's like, you could set your watch by it. You're right on time for the train and, um, you hop it. And, uh, how far is it, uh, from there to where you're headed on the via train? Uh, probably just, uh, Geez, uh, maybe 20 miles, if oh, that. Okay. Yeah, so that's probably, I mean, that's nothing on the train. Yeah, Santa Fe and Albuquerque are, you know, pretty close together. Yeah. Uh, you want to call that uh, via train those times? You want to call that like 40 minutes, an hour? Is that okay? Sure. All right. So, all right. So we'll say it's somewhere around 10 o'clock at night when you hop off. And, um, and then uh, how far of a walk is it? Uh, the farm actually abuts the the tracks so there's right. probably like uh 40 acres and okay. uh, the house uh there's a road that crosses the track so okay. you follow the road that would be okay. to, the, to the west and then uh yeah eventually you know, you'll get to the part where the house is perfect okay so that shouldn't take you more than i yeah maybe oh god maybe maybe uh, 20 mu- minutes yeah tops yeah yeah okay all right. And uh, so you get there and um, all, all the lights are off. The house is dark. And. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. The time of. Yeah. 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. The house is yeah. dark. 
Okay, I go. I know which uh, is my uh, brother's window. Okay. So I go around to the side and I uh, tap on the window, look in, tap on the window. Hello? Hello? Hey. Who's out? Who's who's there? Uh, Duke, it's me. I, really? Boone? Yeah, come to the window. A, am I dreaming? No, I, I'd hope you'd have sweeter dreams than my ugly mug. Well, well that's definitely you, Boone. Hot, hot damn. Yeah, hello, brother. Aren't they both Boone? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Aren't they both Boone? It, it's I don't remember my fucking first name. <laughs> I looked up my character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember it was something that nobody. I think it's I John, nobody, right? Isn't it John? John? I was yeah. gonna say yeah, it is John because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's John. Red, redcon all those previous boons with John. Yeah, John. We'll move to yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like little Johnny, I mean, it's his brother, right? Yeah. Oh, and my younger brother, uh, Dookie. Eight. No, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Welcome to fourth grade. Oh, God. <laughs> brother. His name uh, is Duke. I, as an older brother, I would have called him Dookie. <laughs> He's Dude, a little buddy. shit anyway. Hey, Dookie. <laughs> Welcome Duke. to the Call of Cthulhu sandbox with the worst NPC names ever. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, I, I know I wasn't supposed to show up for another couple weeks for the uh, the pie festival, but uh, I got a bit of an emergency. Uh, Johnny, Ma hears you. She's going to kick your ass. I know, I know. Uh, can you... Uh, can you... Sneak out. I can help you out through the window. Do you got your sneak out? Yeah. What, what do you, how exactly you want me to sneak out that ain't going to wake her up? Well, I just lift you up under your arms, pull you out, uh, put you in the, the wagon. I can I can wheel you around just like old times. Where the hell are we going, Johnny? Well, you know, the uh, the old jalopy in the barn. Dad's old jalopy, the old doodle bug. Make a persuade roll, Boone. Curious kind of how he's going to receive. Is that is that a oh, success for you? I better, you're right. I better look rather than just assuming. Persuade. Yeah. Uh, he's going to, I would imagine they all have mixed emotions about seeing you. So. Uh, my persuade is uh, 20, but I'm going to burn five uh, luck. Okay. To make reasonable. that a regular success. Yeah. Johnny, you, you don't you don't just need me to fix up the car for you, do you? No, no. You know I'm going to be back in, uh, well, yeah, right now, but you know I'm going to be back in uh, two weeks, and uh, we're going to have some good time to catch up. I'm going to bring you something to drink. I know Ma don't really let you, Ma don't really let you drink. I'll bring something to drink. Man. Uh, I got some. I, uh, I could definitely use a nip or two. Oh, man, and you, you don't know what it's like living with Ma. You really and also, don't. I'm, yeah, I'm too I, old I, to be living with Ma. I know, and I also know she gives you a piddling allowance. And usually when I come to Pie Town, I, I hook you up with some cash from stuff I sold on the road. But tell you what, I'll, I'll hook you up with some cash right now. And I take off my shoe, 
and I pull out these damp dollar bills and I peel off uh, 10 of them, mm. 10 smelly Washingtons nice. and hand them oh. to them. There you go, buddy. Oh. Now, don't let Ma know that uh, that you got it. You just. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. And he puts them, he pulls back his, uh, he pulls back his um, pajama pants and he just kind of tucks them right into his underwear. Oh, God. Good job. Now, let me, let me help you out here. <laughs> and I okay. uh, kind of hoist him up and uh, help him out. Do I have to roll something to. Yeah, probably the I got some strength. This is the there. first time you guys have done this, though. Right? No, I used to have to do this all the time. Yeah, that, then if you. Well, yeah, it, I come visit every year, so yeah, every year I have to. Uh, yeah, I signed then, on late. Were you telling us backstory of this that isn't getting into the recording now? Yeah, but we're we're purposely. Oh, okay. He just gave me some. He just gave me some information that's okay. probably just supposed to be for me. So sure, sure. Yeah, everything you're hearing. Uh, 37, so that's, yeah, no but, problem. Yeah, I wouldn't even make you, I, I was going to say, you don't even have to roll for it if it's something that you, you've done normally. And, uh, so. and I knew what was up, so I already brought the uh, uh, the wagon over. It's, okay. a, it's a wagon that they can use to, like, bring firewood to the house and, and whatnot. Uh, so I, uh, I put them in the wagon and uh, bring them out to the barn, uh, light, up, uh, light up a lantern. Johnny, keep it, keep it. Tell me where you've been, Johnny. Tell me where you've been. Oh, where haven't I been? I was uh, up to, uh, let's see, I was as far north as, uh, oh, God. Let me try to think of a province in Canada, uh, not New Brunswick. <laughs> That's uh, Alberta. I was up in Alberta, and uh, I've been wow, as far Johnny. south as. Uh, What'd you see? What'd you see in Alberta? I saw a moose. I saw a dang moose a in moose? real life. You saw a whole moose? I saw not just a head, yeah. I saw a whole dang moose. <laughs> what I seen is there was a, a cliff and uh, water down below. I just watched this video on YouTube. It's real. And this, this moose kept edging over the round part of the cliff. And I'm thinking like, oh, God, it, life must be so bad for him. He's just going to put an end to it. How bad can life be for a moose? And then all of a sudden, he just took a head dive in. I thought he was done for. But he come up, and he's, they can swim good. He swam across that little lake to the other side. Hell of a way to go from point A to point B. But, uh, you know, God, God bless him. He did it. Well, will you, Johnny, will you take me swimming? Well, I want to go swimming. It's been so long. Ma won't let me do nothing. I know we used to have the uh, the pond, but she uh, she let it get all murky. It's not safe to go in there anymore. But yeah, one of these days, you know, one of these days, I'm going to come back for you, and uh, you and me are going to go traveling. Okay, and he's just the whole time you're wheeling out to the barn. Uh, he's just a, totally enraptured. By all you know, by your story about the moose and everything else. Well, the the reason I need this to, the reason I need the jalopy going again is, I met this fella and you wouldn't believe him. He walks around dressed like a chicken. No and we're way. in the barn and there's chickens in the barn. Just okay. And uh, so there's this old shitty car. And Johnny, actually, you the, met the chicken the man. Chickens, 
uh, oh, not the legendary chicken man that like comes in your house at night and uh, pecks your eyeballs out. Uh, I'm talking, this is just a fella who dresses like a chicken because he sells chicken. Does that he make sells, sense? It's a good way for him. chicken dressed as a chicken? I, I know. So he's selling Johnny, his that kinfolk. don't make no sense at all. I know all. he's selling his kinfolk for other people to eat. It sounds like he's a, I don't know. So, uh, yeah. But, but anyway. Why would so, a chicken eat a chicken, Johnny? Tell me that. I've never seen a chicken eat a chicken. So yeah, the chickens in the barn are uh, have gotten into the uh, the. It's an old uh, Ford Model T where the back has been cut off, and that's what a doodle bug is on the farm. You you cut off the back of a Model T and you turn it into a flatbed truck to haul stuff okay. around. Yeah. So in the cab part, it's just a two seater now. Uh, the chickens are using that as a coop, so it's all covered in chicken shit and feathers. And uh, I said, so I met this uh, chicken fella and he had a car that looked just like a chicken. It had a head, it had wings, but something bad happened. And well, I don't want to go. That don't make no sense either. Why would you have a car made like a chicken? I, it's some sort of, I, I think the word he used was theme. It's a chicken theme. I think that's something from books. I, you know, I, you and Johnny, I you got the best adventures. I wish I could go with you. Can I go with you about, this time? Not this time, but I tell you what, when I come back in two weeks to go to the pie festival, you and I'll go on an adventure. But one last bit of adventure, I had to blow his chicken mobile to kingdom come. You blew up the chicken car? I blew it up. Oh, Did and he it get blew mad up. at you, Johnny? He does. I don't think he even knows yet. But it was for his own good. I, I swear it was for his own good. I wouldn't do anything malicious like that because he had gotten into some trouble. And, well, the uh, the cops, I think, would be after him. And it would be easy to find a fella that drove away in a, a chicken mobile. So I blowed it up for his own protection. He's on the run, huh? Yeah. So long story short, I'm going to get the doodle bug going. And I'm going to give that to him as a replacement for the chicken mobile. Johnny, the doodle bug hadn't run in years. Yeah, but uh, I, you're the best uh, at, at fixing mechanical stuff in the, the whole, I think, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, uh, greater area. <laughs> yeah, so but- I think if anyone can do it, you can. We just need to get that old gas out of there. Uh, we need to uh, lube up the pistons so they don't seize up. Johnny, you don't have to tell me what to do. I know how to fix this car. Okay. You don't tell me what I'm to sorry. do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm stepping on on your uh, on your area. I'm, I shouldn't be a know-it-all like that. And Mama still farms me out to all the neighbors. I mean, they all bring their cars by here. Oh. I just don't understand why she won't drive no more. I just It doesn't make any sense. I You know, we got this car. It could run. Ah. Uh, you want me to make it run tonight, though, Johnny? I re- I need it really bad. If there's any way in, in, in heaven you can do it, all right, all right. Well, I'll be your I'll be your helper. You just tell me what to do. Well, you got to be my legs, Johnny. All right, I okay. need you. And he gives you a whole list of stuff to get: lights and oil cans and yeah. 
gas and uh, and wrenches and Got everything that little else. Scooter that goes under the little crawler that goes yeah. under the. Uh, make a stealth roll. You just gotta yeah, not that's what fail I was, this one. That's yeah. what I was afraid of. Well, I don't want to talk to Ma. Oh, let me see, please, God. Oh, no. I think I jinxed him with that whole, you just got to not fail it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I made it. I gave myself a good hobo stealth. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so uh, you make sure to close the barn door then. And, you know, as, as uh, Duke's talking to you, you're going around and hanging some blankets over any kind of windows and making sure that, you know, you're going to have to use some lanterns, but making sure that no light kind of leaks out of the barn and, uh, uh you you're pretty quiet about moving stuff around and getting access to wrenches and tools and stuff you have kind of some moments as you as you reach for wrenches and uh, almost some some guilt that rises up as you kind of see duke over there and what's that i'm crippled by guilt yeah but i mean like it's it's really that's the part i think I think here's probably uh, Boone's big sand roll, right? On yeah, uh, I, I try not to think about my uh, sister, and in fact, that's why I spent most of my life in a bottle. That was the but, only way. Yeah, but not just your sister. I mean, the fact that your brother here, right? You're, you know, you're kind of you, you, you might be back to pick him up for the pie festival, but it's possibility you won't. Mm. And you know that you're here yeah. in the middle of the night, uh, just trying to like get him to help you fix up this car so th- there's a lot kind of riding on this an emotional background that's true so um, how'd, you, how'd um, you do on that role missed it by four points mm, all right uh and uh so with it uh you're gonna take three points of damage as uh, you just kind of have these rising feelings uh being in the place there's nothing specific, nothing vivid here triggering you, but you know, just the overall feeling of what you're doing and the history here. Also, I've only stopped drinking since last year, the last Pie Fest. Last Pie Fest, I was still rip roaring drunk when I came into town. So this is the okay. first time I've ever been here sober. Okay. And um, and so with that, I think you know, threes threes tolerable in terms of you being able to kind of stave that off if you if you feel like it'd be a challenge for you you can make a power roll on top of it but i think i'm i think you're probably good with it uh at least initially right now hitting you might change in a little bit but um you uh roll give me a d6 four okay um so y'all work on this well into the morning. Uh, it's probably, you know, uh, anybody's guess, but somewhere around two, three o'clock in the morning. And um, it, he says, I, all right, Johnny, I, I think it's ready. I think you got to give it in and see if, see if it'll turn over for you. Okay, this is a full hand crank. Yeah. One. So, yep. Have to. <laughs> And, and then, boom, boom, backfire, and there's no way Ma's not gonna yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. Boom, <laughs> boom. 
So it does. It starts. It starts with, you know, it sounds like a, an army's attacking the farm. So I, I give you know, Duke, I give Duke a big hug and I say, I'm sorry, Duke. I can't help you back into the house. Johnny, I'll be coming back. Johnny, I'll be coming back in two weeks. Johnny, wait, wait, Johnny. Johnny I'm sorry, Duke. And I open, sling open the garage door, hop in and I, I take off. Okay. I, I, I love you, brother. All right, as you do, right, uh, you see Ma coming out the front door of the house wrapped in a robe. Um, they, you, you, you look in the rear view and you see a silhouette of um, Duke kind of moving out of the front of the garage in his chair. Um, or Was he in the wagon? Yeah, he could push himself along. Yeah, so, so that wagon, right, he's, he's pushed himself out and uh, it's... Um, I think with this time of year, it would no, it'd be too early still. Uh, and um, I, you got to make you got to make one more sand roll. I think this one's going to be tough. Oh, 94. Mm. You just dodged it there, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, another three points there. And um, that's six within that's six within a day. Um and and I you start opening up the glove box and looking under the seat, see if there's a bottle anywhere that somebody's hid by any chance, and and there's not. Um, but but damn, if there was, mm. you, you'd you'd just want a little something. The the guilt here is just intense, but because there's nothing around to drink, you don't. Yeah, I'm fighting back the the tears, trying to drive through the tears. And- chicken feathers i was about to say in, and the chicken shit on the yeah. windshield right and mm. there's dust everywhere and yeah you have to i have to fold the windshield down because you can't see through that and and the faster you go actually the more shit kind of whips up in the car into your nose into your face and it's kind of sneezy and dusty and you're crying is there like one chicken left inside for a friend <laughs> there is i had planned that oh you gave it away man a bellow buddy yeah, what what uh, I have a uh, uh, what's the word a stowaway? Stowaway. I have a thank you. I have a stowaway where it's going to turn out that uh, there well, was. Well, a... you can save it. You can hang on okay. to that stowaway. Yeah, okay. hang on to that. <laughs> All right, uh, we have a few minutes left, um, uh, and at some point, y'all have to sleep, including you, Boone. That's mm. just that's rules. So at some point, we got to tuck y'all in for the night. Uh, or I guess we could tuck you in in the early morning, but you got to pay for staying up so late. Um, so what do y'all want to do? Well, Rutherford was on his mission to get, get Cully and bring him to the, the, the dark room because he had his epiphany about... Uh, and really in, quickly, what time is it for us? So I know for Boone, it got to 2 a.m. So yeah, he's we're, we're kind of cutting back to y'all. And uh, I, I think it's probably a little after nine o'clock at night for y'all. Okay, so we're not sleepless yet. So yeah. So, so if uh, you're coming to look for us, it, Joe and I are heading in the house at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, Be- Bella was helping R- Rutherford find uh, Cully. Okay. Rutherford's a little uh, absent-minded about the emotional consequences for you. Does that make sense, Rutherford? Right? That you're Absolutely. like, yeah, you're just focused on this camera and Cully. Uh, so I'll let y'all play this out. But Rutherford, you run into Cully and Joe. Oh, Rutherford. Can- here, here, here's Cully. He right now. He's uh, running in here with Joe. What's up, you two? And, and, uh, you know, if you would notice this or not, but 
Bello, if you're paying any level of attention, like you'll see that my face is swollen. I've, I've been crying. Like I'm still just sort of cleaning my face up. Um, and I'm just trying to like put on a face. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just not, I'm just still having trouble doing it, but I'm just, I can't, it's Rutherford. What? I know he's gone. So Kelly, Kelly, this is of the utmost importance. I, I found this is something maybe give us a hint as to what happened to our friend Richard and who may we have to go to his dark room. Uh, it's imperative in dark your. Room. I, I don't. Is it going to tell? What I don't. What did you find? I he need says, to know I, if the army did this to him, Rutherford. I think the army did this to him. And I said, Cully. And so I guess this is where it'd be sort of a persuading or whatever. Uh, Cully, there could be a photograph of, of the, the, the people who, who did this and are responsible for having to, to take in our friend Richard. He had a, 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 a secret camera and I think he took other he pictures. He was so smart. And so, much like you found that other hidden hidden uh, box in the wallboard, I, I believe he's hidden some f photographs in his dark room. Cully, yeah, you I know what the dark room is. Rutherford, before I, I'm, I, I'm only going to help you on one condition. I, this is too much, and I need to know something. Are we going to get the people that did this and make them pay? Because that's the only thing I care about. And, and, Rutherford, and if this is just because you want to see some film or you're interested or it's just something for you to think about with your big brain, I'm sorry, but you got to do it without me. Because if I'm not doing things to find out who did this to Richard, there's nothing else I want right now. This is actually perfect because, you know, Rutherford's whole motivation will be uh, laid bare. So, um, Cully, the whole point of this is that the people who have done this to Richard are the people who are doing to terrible things to our our whole country and, and playing with incredibly dangerous things in the in the the science labs you know that 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 place is is a, a terrible place and people are playing with incredibly dangerous ideas and developing things that could kill many people all those people need to be punished and it needs to be dismantled if if Richard was just one victim. There's many victims to be found. And I need you to, to help me find these people and who's responsible, who pushed Richard into that car that night, surely need to be punished with all the others involved. And I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna turn to Joe and I'm gonna say, Joe, I don't, that makes sense to me, but you gotta help me. Does that make sense to you? We can keep searching as long as it makes sense. And at any time, if it doesn't, we'll keep doing what we need to do. So yeah, right, this makes sense wanna, for now. I, I'm not, I don't care about the world. I don't care about the world. Fuck the world. I don't care about the world. I care about what happened to Richard. I'm with you and we'll figure this out. And maybe the camera, I mean, you said he's such a smart guy. Maybe this camera will have a clue. And if it does, we'll follow it. And if it doesn't, we'll figure out what happens next. Okay, and you'll you're not committing us? forever. You're just gonna take this step. All right, Joe, and you're gonna stay with us the whole time. And I'm gonna stay with you. Okay. Now, now, kids, I have to tell you, uh, revenge is never a good motive to get you up in the morning. It'll only put you to bed. So, if I were you, 
I would just uh, reflect on the fact that there are some uh, uh, negative forces out there with uh, blackness in their heart and, uh, you know, what, what befells them will uh, help uh, everyone else. And uh, it's a much better focus for you uh, than all this hate. And then that's because why I'm literally just going to stare said- at you, you not say a word, <laughs> then look at Rutherford and say, let's go look at that camera. And, I, and, and Rutherford agrees with Kelly. I said, Kelly, do, do not fall prey to being a, a observer on the sideline ever. We have to get involved and be in, in the middle of this. We're the only ones who can help. Richard meant much to you, and I've known him for most of my life. We have to find the people who pushed him into that car. Those are the, those are the people we have to find first. Okay. All so right. as long as Joe's and- going, I'll go with Joe. Okay, and so um, I think this is where we'll we'll conclude for the night with y'all headed downstairs uh, to check out the camera. Uh, Bellow, a little bit of shock from the retort from Cully. Um, Boone uh, on a late night highway with chicken feathers flying up in his face. And uh, Franny still, still trying to... Uh, those, she has some of the perfect samples, probably... Franny, do you want to have like one final word in what you're doing? Uh, So I seem to remember that uh, in that conversation that uh, Rutherford and Cully just had that they were, that Rutherford said something about, well, this this could be a clue, right? Didn't you just say that? Yeah. Uh, So I'll come walking out right about then and say, well, I've got a clue right here, holding up a glass jar with with Richard's brain in it. That's a perfect visual. Yeah, that's a great way to end uh, right there with that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we'll wrap it up for tonight. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, until next time, you can find us online at underthelibrary.com, Twitter under the LIB. Uh, and once again, if you would like to support the show, you can hit us up on patreon.com slash under the library. So until next time, For me and Michael, for Emily, Scott, Chris, Wayne, and Rick, thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Wait, wait, wait. Don't get into the facts. Don't get into the facts. He's just a clown. You would just know it inside. That is literally the definition of a sociopath. (laughs) Why'd you have to go there? It was totally okay when he just dressed as a clown. So uh, what, uh, what, what you're talking about there, sir? the quintessential fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you definitely fuck you you're okay fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool fuck you oh yes okay well that's fair that's a fair thing we can just move right on from that wow